Lil Desperandum presents The Bookshelf. Hello and welcome to The Bookshelf. This time it's murder in all its gory glory. The Poisoner's Handbook by Deborah Blum. My copy is a 2011 penguin that still has the new book smell. Amazon assures me that there is also a Kindle and an audiobook version. Devotees of CSI will know that forensic science often comes up with the goods when all other methods of detection fail. This history of New York's first forensic toxicologist laboratory, established just after the Great War, tells the reader how that came to be so. For before scientists, there were coroners, and in New York these were often in Tammany hacks, more interested in collecting fees and evidence. Charles Norris, a trained pathologist with family money backing his play, turned the system on its head, and made New York the forefront of criminal scientific inquiry. In the process, he butted heads with Tammany Hall, and every mayor of New York, up to and including Ferrella LaGuardia, often funding his office out of his own pocket rather than see it crumble for lack of resources. He was ably assisted by Alexander Gettler, a hard-working, dedicated chemist, who, when there were no tests to determine what evidence, if any, were present, would invent his own. The story of their successes and failures takes in the whole of the Jazz Age, from the inception of Prohibition to the depths of Depression, and includes everything from chronic alcohol poisoning to death by radium. If you've ever wondered what things were like in the early days of forensic science, this book will tell you. Deborah Blum is a science writer of long standing, and a Pulitzer Prize winner for a 1992 series of newspaper articles collectively titled The Monkey Wars. She's written for Georgia and Florida newspapers, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, and New Scientist, among others, and is the author of several scientific stories, including a history of paranormal research, of love, and monkeys. Uh, she's also the author of the Speakeasy Science blog at blogs.plos.org slash speakeasyscience for those of you who can't get enough of science and poisonings and uh, chocolate chip cookies. Uh, yes, there are recipes. Go look. She has a website, debrablum.com, which covers her biography in much more detail than I ever could. For an actor's state of preference, it's for history over science. Not that I dislike science, but that I like history more. I came to Blum wanting to know more about Prohibition and about Charles Norris, a man I'd read about in passing while studying Prohibition, but about whom I knew little. I came away bursting with knowledge and lost in admiration. This is what history ought to be, informative, clear, and straightforward, without frills or elaborations. Consider this. The weather in that summer of 1922 held steady at what the newspapers like to call fair, the skies a gas flame blue, the temperatures hovering near 80 degrees. On the last day of July, as Lillian gets his mother would forever recall, the morning was another warm one. She offered to make 17-year-old Lillian a box lunch, but the girl refused. It was too hot to eat much. She'd just grab a quick sandwich at a lunch counter, she said. Now, pros and cons. A pro one. Blum's journalistic training shows. Take the extract I just gave you from the arsenic chapter. Only a journalist could have put it in precisely that way, giving the reader a quick praise of setting in character in a single paragraph. Already the hints of disaster to follow are clear, even if you ignore the chapter heading. I'm beginning to think that all history writers should be journalists first. It would help clear their minds and their paragraph structure. Pro 2. 
Just because the writing is bright, clear and entertaining doesn't mean there is no real information here. The book is bursting with period detail, critical information enough to satisfy all but the most exacting. This isn't history light, it's history. A pro 3. You'll meet some characters who you wish you could talk to in person, and that despite the fact they're most nearly a century dead. Charles Norris in particular stands out, the never-say-die scientist who refuses to let government stupidity throttle his newborn office. Con 1. It's a history, non-fiction. If that doesn't appeal, then avoid. Con 2. I'm conscious that there are history aficionados who may be put off by Blum's style. It's unselfconsciously American, written in an op-ed manner that reminds me of the New York Times. There's nothing wrong with that, but I suppose some may think this kind of bright and breezy doesn't go well with serious history. Well, if you're one of those, then better not. What else can I say? I've only dipped into the blog, but there's enough there to keep me going back again. Blum is a relatively new author, with authors go. I hope to see more of her. Lord alone knows what'll be next, though. I get the impression she's willing to tackle almost anything. Mm, good luck to her. That's it from me. Bye-bye. No Desperandum is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Editor and publisher is Jim Phillips. Audio production in cooperation with the Bear Crawling Nation. Engineer Hugh Morrison. And executive producer, Charles McFall. <laughs>